consciously bringing your awareness to gratitude too, because our minds will kind of always look for problems or like look for what's wrong. And so kind of just, okay, like focusing on, well, what is working? What do I have to be grateful for? Grown Girl Gang, welcome back to the Grow We Grow Now podcast. I am your host, Victoria. If you are looking for tips, advice, and or inspiration, then you are in the right place. This podcast was created to help you navigate life and live your most fulfilled and authentic life. Today, we have a guest on. We have Mara Mitchell on. She is a happiness coach, and I'm so excited to bring you all this episode. In this episode, we talk about escaping the I will be happy win mindset. And I think that is such a crucial topic because I know a lot of us can struggle with the balance of wanting something, but also still being able to have gratitude for what we do have and where we are at in life. We will also talk about how happiness is not a linear feeling. Just because you are happy, it does not mean that you will be exempt from all of the other emotions that we all feel. We talk about how you can self soothe and the importance of that. We also talk about the importance of human connection and our relationships with ourselves when it comes to our happiness. We really talk about so many things in this episode. So you definitely want to tune in to the full episode because Mara drops so many gems and she really gives great insight on how we can go about trying to create our own happy in our lives because it really all is a very personal journey. So I'm really excited that the tips that she gives are really tangible, but also it leaves a lot of room to figure out what is going to work for you and what will actually make you happy because that's the important thing. What makes me happy might not make you happy and vice versa. So with that being said, let's get into the interview with Mara. Hi, Mara. Welcome to the Grow We Go Now podcast. I'm so excited to have you on. So before we get into the episode, can you introduce yourself and tell us a little bit about what you do? Yes. And I'm so happy to be here. I was so happy when you asked me to be on. So my name is Mara Mitchell and I'm a happiness coach. I'm based out in LA, but I have clients all over because I do it all online. But I specialize in basically repairing our relationship with the self and kind of making small adjustments in authenticity that lead to an increase in happiness, fulfillment, and possibility. And I'm very passionate about what I do. It's from lived experience. (laughs) I totally love that. And I feel like I don't know if other people experience this as well, but especially since I started remote work post-COVID, I just feel like things have felt so different. Like I'm super extroverted, but I am at home oh. way more. And I feel like I've kind of become a little bit of a homebody, but I feel like uh-huh. I've kind of just changed some of the feelings I have about things. And I know like one of my goals for 2024 is just to get out and do things more. And not only when I'm traveling, because I'm mm-hmm. so notorious to like travel and that's when I'm out and about. But if I'm in my home city, I'm just like, eh, I'm just going to stay home and not do anything. And I feel like it really does affect just like my mood and just how I'm moving through life. So I think what you do is so important and I'm so happy to have you on because I just know you're going to give us really good tips because I just know if I'm feeling this way, there has to be other people feeling this way. 
So mm-hmm. I think it's really great. Yay. Well, yeah. And I know what you mean. It's funny because I'm an introvert. So when everything got kind of more homebody faced, I was thriving. But now I notice, like, I went out somewhere last Sunday night and it was just so nice to be with people in, in that energy. Mm-hmm. So I totally feel you. And yeah, it is important, especially with all the scrolling we do. Everything is so virtual now that it, it is important. Yeah. Yes. So before we dive deeper into the conversation, yeah. I love to start with an icebreaker for my guests. So I'm going to ask you a little icebreaker. So what is your 2024 mantra or focus word that you are using to help you live your most fulfilled life? Okay. So this one, man, I had an idea. And then when you give me this question, I love it because it kind of causes me to refine it. So what I'm going to say is lean in. And what I mean by leaning in is, you know, there's a certain amount of faith that's required whenever we're breaking new ground or we're doing things that are uncomfortable. So just kind of leaning into everything that's new in faith, like not kind of not being a control freak because I can be one of those. I really love that because when you lean in like that, like you are going to have so many more experiences than when Mm -hmm. you kind of shy away because it just wasn't quote like part of your plan or something. Exactly. Exactly. You get it. Yeah, that's it. Lean in. Yes. It like falls a little bit into my mantra. Oh, what's yours? So like part of mine is just basically I am committing to walking through every open door and going through them unless until they close themselves and it's like a big sign like hey this isn't for you right just committing to going through all the open doors and not leaving any opportunity unopened and letting it close for me so that way I can just find the path that I'm yeah oh I love that so kind of like a year of yes sort of Yes. Yeah, I love that. (laughs) Within reason, but yes. (laughs) Within reason, right. No, I love that. I love that. So expansive. And and that's beautiful too, because anytime a door closes, you have that piece of like, okay, you know. Yes, exactly. Like where's the next door? Yeah. (laughs) Exactly. That wasn't for me, but what's the next one? Let's go. Bring it on. I love that. That's good. Yes. Thank you. So before I came across your Instagram, because that's how I found you, I was looking on Instagram. I had never heard of a happiness coach, but just given just with the way everything has been with the world lately and the way things are in our society, I can see why it's so needed. So can you tell us what inspired you to become a happiness coach and kind of like what that journey was that led you here? Yeah. And I'll try to be concise because it's kind of a long story. But in a nutshell, I fell in love with personal transformation and our ability to create change in high school. When I was 16, I lost 40 pounds. I dyed my hair blonde. And like, I know it kind of sounds naive, but it was my first time I felt powerful and realized like, oh, I can change things. And that led me on this wonderful journey. But what I didn't realize was that a lot of my creating change and like self-improvement was motivated by wanting to be good enough in the eyes of others. Or um, like I, for many years, wrote songs and performed and sang. And I had this big aha moment on stage where I realized that kind of that insane ambition to like achieve and and like be wonderful was because I, I thought I would be loved or feel good enough. And so I had this huge aha moment where the outside didn't match the inside. I, I wasn't happy inside. And it started like a six year journey that was kind of painful and ugly and messy, but where I really repaired kind of what I was talking about in the beginning, my relationship with myself and on the inside and how to, how to generate my own happiness and feel good inside. And so through that and like my own struggles with anxiety and, and things like that, I found 
self-love and happiness. And so it's just so fun to kind of marry the two passions of like the internal and the external because they're both important, right? But you need that internal. And so um, that's how I got here. (laughs) I love that. And I think that is really that's really a big thing to really realize within yourself and then really go after growing that self-love and making those changes so that the internal can match the external. Mm -hmm. So I really love that you brought that up because I know so many people can relate with that because it is really challenging, especially, especially in high school. So it just happened high school. (laughs) And then as we get into like a young adult, like after high school, like that, I feel like is so challenging just with all the pressure we have from social media, from society. So mm, I yeah. I think that's just a really great journey. And I'm so happy you went on that and it led you here. Yeah. Yay. Thank you. Well, and it's, I'll, I'll add this too, you know, it's a sneaky thing because a lot of times you will be happy inside and then that will become reflected to you outside. And it's easy to let that outside validation then kind of take, you know, so it's one that you constantly, you know, with meditation and self-awareness work on, but yeah. That brings me to my next question. So in your opinion, what is true happiness. Okay. So I think feeling good and satisfied in the present moment, like without needing things to be different. I think that is true happiness and appreciation, like the the energy of appreciation. Yeah. I love that. And so just in your work, like with your clients, would you Mm -hmm. say that that has been a challenge for a lot of people just getting there and getting over whatever the hurdles tend to be? Yes. Well, so a lot of our problems they're kind of created in the mind. So like habitual ways of thinking, but there's a lot of resistance sometimes. There's a lot of like, I'll be happy when, right? And so I've found what's really funny is a lot of being happy is kind of soothing, like making the most of what is right now while planning the future. You know, of course, yes, we'll be happy when also, but really just finding ways of um, bringing happiness to the present moment and self-soothing. Like something small, like, have you ever been angry you just yes. need something to eat and then and then all of a sudden oh the world's okay like everything's gonna be fine so just kind of like being present with yourself and like figuring out what you need or want in the present moment are the little shifts that I think you know getting out of the mind our mind yeah. can be a, a tricky it's place powerful. yeah it's tricky and powerful. <laughs> and powerful yes so I love that you mentioned the I'll be happy when because I know we have all been there I know I've been there mm-hmm. especially mm-hmm. when it comes to like a weight loss journey it's like oh I'll be happy when I'm oh gosh or I'll be happy when I get this job, but you're so right. When we kind of just be in this present moment and we find the Mm -hmm. happiness where we are, but also knowing that we do want to have some kind of growth or some kind of change, Mm -hmm. but that doesn't mean we can't find the joy in where we are. So I think that is crucial. Oh yeah. And speaking on a weight loss journey, I remember at one point in my life, I'll be happy when, and I remember I had this moment where I literally had my ideal body. Like it literally was my ideal body. And I remember kind of being like, I don't feel better. Wait, I don't feel different. And that kind of being a moment for me. And so, you know, which kind of coincides with the other story that I told you, it's really so much about a feeling. And I think acceptance and love, and it's so crazy because a lot of times with the things that aren't how we want them to be, when we bring acceptance and love to them, they become how we want them to be. But it's like that shift happens first. True. It's like when you can't appreciate what you have, when you get more, you just constantly want more because you've Uh never taught yourself how to appreciate what you have. So that's totally true. Yeah. So can you share some common misconceptions people have about finding happiness and how you've addressed this with your clients? 
So one misconception is that being happy or being a happy person means that you never experience anxiety, sadness, grief, uh, you know, that life never knocks you on your ass. <laughs> Right. <laughs> and so what it really is, is, is just kind of building that resilient and learning the tools and ways to handle and deal with life. But, you know, I mean, life would be pretty boring if you never felt all the other range of emotions. So that's one misconception. I think another one I've found that so much of happiness is how we feel about ourselves and how we feel about things. And a lot of times people will kind of like what we were saying, want, you know, so-and-so like to think this about me or to prove something. And so kind of the cart before the horse, like not realizing what everything that we've been saying is that basically you learn how to be happy now and then make those changes. It's not, it's not putting off the happiness. So I would say that. And then also it's something that I feel like you constantly garden in your life as things change. Yeah, I agree with that because life is always going to ebb and flow. And then we're just going to be going through different things. So when we kind of put it that way it just makes me think like happiness is a choice like we can choose to be happy of course things are gonna happen and I think it's okay to feel those things but like give yourself a deadline of okay I'm gonna try to be sad until this and then I'm going to make myself happy and do what I need to do to get happier so I don't stay here yeah well and can I speak on that for a second that's a great point so when people are trying to be happy they suppress the negative. They don't want to feel right. Or they'll stay in it too long. And so what you said is so true. Like one of the best things, and I teach this to my clients is when you feel horrible, really allow and lean into that feeling. Like I have a whole exercise that my clients can do and you acknowledge it. And then you ask yourself, what can I do to make you feel better? And then you transition out of it, which is usually some kind of a healthy self-soothing thing. But yeah, you uh, it's funny because you've got to feel the feelings, but then you've also mm-hmm. not got to just like stew in them. <laughs> exactly. Because when we avoid those feelings, I at least I know for me personally, it's all going to come out at some point. And then it's oh, like yeah. feelings built upon each other and it just oh, makes yeah. it that much harder and that much more bigger of a thing. Uh-huh. Yeah. Or even kind of manifest as things in your body, like physical mm-hmm. symptoms, whenever you like repress and hold that down. So it's really important. Yeah. So what are some of these self-soothing things that like you have mentioned a couple of times? Yeah. So I have this exercise that I like to do. What I found is that our relationship with the self is really like a relationship between two different people. It's almost it, like you could say inner child and parent, or you could say head and heart. But if you notice, it's like there's two different people in you. So a lot of it is just kind of listening. So when you feel something, kind of checking in and being like, what are you feeling? Like, what do you need? And from there, you'll usually get an answer of a way to self-soothe. But then also um, a lot of things that regulate the nervous system or things that specifically light us up and give us joy, those also self-soothe. So like for me, I don't know why, but this makes me so happy. So I give it to myself like once a week, but I love going to the gym, which, huh, what? But in getting a Celsius <laughs> energy drink, and which I'm like, eh, it shouldn't be 
drink and energy drinks, but it's like one of the healthiest ones. But I get a Celsius energy drink and listen to me and just do cardio. And I get so happy. It lights me up for whatever reason. So I do it at least once a week, but just kind of noticing the things that, you know, like the beach is one, like I'm blessed that I live like 45 minutes from the beach. So like just making sure I get in the things that light me up. Those are all kind of ways to self-soothe and make yourself happy because you always want to do it in healthy ways, right? Because we can do it in unhealthy ways and get into trouble. But yeah, I like that you mentioned that whatever it is that lights you up. So really, that's like another thing that we need to tap into and say, oh, like, yeah. how do we feel when we do certain things and what things make us like light up and feel that joy. Like, mm-hmm. Yeah. One way to do that too, is just to, to kind of keep a journal and see like how you felt every day. And then like, okay, well, what did I like, like on a day when you felt amazing? Well, what was I doing today? And just kind of start yeah. to notice, but usually we know. So making it conscious, like I actually somewhere in my notes app on my phone, I have a list of all the things. And if I start feeling too blue or like life starts losing some of its luster, I'll go to my list and I'm like, we got to break this out. It's, t- it's time to, yeah. We got to feel good again. Yeah, I love that. I love that a lot. It's like a very proactive approach to Mm -hmm. making sure that you can stay happy or be happy when you are or get to a happy place when you are down because we are going to have the moments where we're just not feeling so great or we're down or something happens. So I love that. And I just, and also a lot of those moments actually teach us things though. So, you know, I know my biggest breakthroughs have come from my breakdowns, but just kind of realizing it's part of the process. Yeah, that's a really good point to make. In your experience, what role do mindset and perspective play in cultivating a more joyful life? Okay, the mind is like every, like it all kind of starts in the mind. I saw this diagram once. Okay, hold on. What was it? It was like basically thoughts create feelings, feelings create behaviors, behaviors create results, but it all kind of starts. Yeah. And so mindset and perspective are so important. I do a lot of work and I have my clients do a lot of work with like affirmations and and kind of shifting perspective we do a lot with you know kind of the subconscious mind and and mindset stuff yeah it's very important yes and that makes sense like the perspective that you have on something is going to dramatically change the way that you usually respond and the way that you see things like it can be Mm -hmm. easy to go through a bad situation like this is a minor one but my friend was telling me that her motorcycle got stolen not too long ago oh gosh you know that's like that really sucks you can be really broken up about it which i mean it did suck for her but she was like oh uh-huh. well my boyfriend and I were talking and we were thinking that you know now that I'm back in school I should get a car anyway so I was like oh that's a really good perspective because you can uh-huh. be so upset and so mad that you're likely not because I guess the police said it's like going to be very rare and hard to find it so you could like really wow. be so bothered by that but the fact that she's like oh I probably needed a new car anyway like I feel uh-huh. like, like could have just been such a different response that would have totally her or put her in a different headspace uh-huh absolutely yeah and making that conscious really like yeah consciously choosing to look at something like I, one time I got all of my stuff stolen and they had stolen my phone mm-hmm. and you would have thought the world ended. Oh my God. It was, I've, it, oh, I was so vulnerable, but um, I was like, you know what? I've been wanting to change my number. When I get a new phone, I'm going to change my number. And that made it something good. Like I'm upgrading. I'm, I don't know. Mm-hmm. So yeah. Such an annoyance. Like my AirPods got stolen and I was so upset. And then I was like, whatever, those aren't good for you anyway. They say we shouldn't be using AirPods. So it's better for me to have the wired ones. So I was like really just trying to tell myself so that I could get over yeah. it. Like, okay, it's better for me and my body to have the wired ones. So whatever. It's fine. Yeah. But and, <laughs> but know, if so, it makes so you feel better about it. Yeah. Whatever we have to do to make ourselves feel better, we're just, we're going to do it. 
Mm -hmm. That, and I think also to add to the answer, consciously bringing your awareness to gratitude too, because our minds will kind of always look for problems or like look for what's wrong. And so kind of just, okay, like focusing on, well, what is working? What do I have to be grateful for? Which is mindset thing too. I totally agree. And actually, I was going to ask you, how does the concept of gratitude contribute to creating a more positive and fulfilling life? And do you have any practical tips for incorporating gratitude into our routines? Yes, I like to, and one of my clients has been doing this religiously, and it's been really helping her. Um, But like right before bed, just writing out at least five things that you're grateful for. And actually, I can't remember where I learned this, but there's, there's one concept where like, say you write 10 things, five are from that very day. And so it really helps you to kind of notice like, oh, wait, that happened. And that was like really cool. And there's so many things like just like even like taking a hot shower. I love take like there's so many things that are like that we take for granted that when you're like, wait, that's actually awesome. Like this nice hot shower. If I put some oils in there, little eucalyptus, (laughs) but but just kind of realizing how blessed we are. But I like to have my clients do it right before bed because that is when our subconscious one of the times in the morning as well. But when our subconscious is the most impressionable. So it's really nice to focus on something positive right before bed. Oh, that is like, mm-hmm. that makes sense. And I feel like I have heard that before that that makes mm-hmm. sense. Like we probably shouldn't be watching some like crazy true crime. Exactly. Or things like that. That is so interesting that you mentioned that because actually, well, I I do like true crime, but I can't, once it, I know I I do too. listen to it anymore because I'm so scared. I could only do it like in the daytime. Uh No, I used to, at one point I can't, I used to listen to this podcast and I would fall asleep to it. No morbid. Oh, I haven't heard Uh, that one. Okay. Yeah. uh, But I would fall asleep to it. And then I'd be like, wait, this is not good for my subconscious to be like absorbing. All these like, yeah, but um, yeah, yeah, so so something positive before bed, definitely. Don't have to give up your true crime, just in moderation. <laughs> yes, but to go back to gratitude. So I had a previous yeah. guest on and she was a life coach and she talked about how she does this practice where she uh-huh. writes three good things. So three good things that happen. I think she does hers in the morning. So it's three good things that happen the day before. Oh, and, oh my that. gosh. I thought that was really great because it's like she said, eventually you will start to look for the good things throughout the day. And it's like even like say you're having a bad day, you can go back and like look at all the good things that you've experienced from all the previous days and things like that. And I was like, wow, I just really love that because I think one, it does change the way you walk through, your, like you go through your day. You're, mm-hmm. you're actively looking for something good. And even on your bad days, when you go and think back and you just seek out what was actually good in the bad days, and it, it does, like we said, like it changes your perspective, it changes your mindset. And I feel like that's such a transformative practice. Absolutely. That reminds me of kind of like the red car theory, I think it's called, but it's like basically like, like, you know, how like you go to buy a car and it's red and then all of a sudden you're like, wait, I didn't know there were this many red cars like mine until you focus on it. But it's like, we always find what we're looking for. You know, we know notice what we're looking for because our mind kind of filters things out. So when you're doing what you're saying and you're specifically looking for the things to be grateful for or that have gone well, that's, yeah, 
very good practice. Yes. So uh, can you discuss specific strategies or exercises that we can implement outside of the gratitude that we can implement daily to enhance our overall happiness? Yeah, yes. So one is doing some kind of centering practice, like meditation, prayer, even sitting in silence, journaling. One thing that I have my clients do, a lot of them, is record like on their phone a video, like they're FaceTiming themselves and just mm-hmm. check in and like talk as if they're talking to a parent or their best friend and like, you know, just what are you feeling kind of thing. And I always have them at the end of it ask, what do I want? What do I need? And answer without judging, right? Because we judge ourselves and we hide things from ourselves. No, none of that. Mm -hmm. Safe space. And then in third person, so I'd say, what does Mara want? What does Mara need? And it's so crazy how that changes the answers. And then give that to ourselves because that builds self-trust. So when you're responsive Mm -hmm. to your inner being, you start to feel safe and you expand more. So I know I threw a bunch at you, but like some kind of connecting the basics. So there's a lot of, you know, like how much sleep are you getting? How much water are you drinking? exercise, like there's a lot of just kind of basic health things that really do play a role in happiness. So that would be another thing is just to like make sure that you're getting like that your basics are covered. And then what would a third one be? I I think the gratitude list at night. And then I would even add also after you write your gratitudes, right? Like five goal or prayer, like it it can either be a prayer or a goal, but five things that you aspire to or that you want to bring in because that creates hope and that creates creates just I don't more of that will like what can we create and and I feel like that creating something to look forward to makes life worth living Mm, I like that and I think that's so true so I love that you gave those tips because there's a practice that I am gonna start doing Uh that is like another one of the new year things Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. in myself but it's just to pour into myself daily in three categories so it's doing one thing when it comes to physical which is I mean, I love to work uh-huh. out, so it's going to be like workout for me, but really any form of movement of the day. And yes. one for, you called it centering, which I think is the best way to call it, but I was saying like kind of a spiritual soul grounding thing. Yeah. Like the journaling yeah. and the meditation. Mm-hmm. The third thing mm-hmm. is mental. So just like reading something or doing something that's Ooh, in yeah. my mind so I can learn something new or just really read about something I'm curious about because I think that when we pour into ourselves daily, then that one makes our day better. But then I just feel like it. we're able to give more to others when we're feeling good. So Absolutely. I, I know for me, like I said earlier, I could really be on autopilot. I have a really demanding job and I just like get up, work out, go to my job. But then it's like I don't make time to do the other things that I just know will fill me up and just make me better for it. Yeah. Well, that's an, an amazing goal. That sounds great. I love that. How long of the is the workout every day? Okay. So it depends. So a few months ago, uh-huh. I started doing bar. So I, oh, nice. So ballet? I love strength. Yeah. It's like the, it's like, it's like a mixture of like the ballet, like kind of. Uh huh methodology I would say but then also like Pilates so it's like you'll do stuff on the bar but it's so interesting because like I don't know what muscles are using but it's like literally some of these movements I just like feel my body shaking it's so funny because wow I'm lifting weights, but it's like the way that you're like lifting your leg and you're in the different positions yeah. I, I'm not a dancer so I've just never been in those positions but I feel like it's working like smaller muscles or something that I'm just not used Ooh. to working that we don't probably typically work when we do the weightlifting like yeah the squats and all those things but it is so challenging and it's a lot of abs which I do not train abs enough but it's like a lot of that it's a lot of like holding position pulsing and it is just hard that's the best way I can wow it sounds very great but I, what I yeah. love about it and I was telling my mom because I'm trying to get her to start with like a basic class but I feel like it's also like a very 
it's like a mental challenge too because you'll be like pressing and like squeezing the ball at the same time so you really have to be focused and have that mind body connection so i feel like Ooh. it keeps your, I, I could imagine it would keep your mind sharp because you're trying yeah. to do all of these things at once you have to be so mindful of of like yes, really focused on what's going on that's cool I think because when you're used to like lifting weights or like getting on the treadmill it's easy to lose that mind body connection which is something i actively mm-hmm. have to pay attention to it because i had just been doing it for so long but with like you said like with bar it's like you have to be so mindful i have to focus like there's no other yeah way or i would just be standing there looking lost in class yeah well and it sounds too like you're using a lot of functional strength because sometimes when we're doing weights like there, there's only so many times that we would do that movement but like i don't know there there are movements that i don't know seem i don't know <laughs> like it's gonna no, really are. make you stronger in the normal things that you do yeah and it helps with flexibility and as someone who works remotely i sit so much so i just have noticed how tight my hips are oh god so yeah helps loosening with the different movements that we do with like our legs and everything it also we like do things on our tippy toes girl my oh man not there but it's like it's gonna help with your balance too so i just feel like yeah it's challenging in a way that You're, i haven't been challenged and working out hearing this really i'm like cool. stand sitting up straighter i'm like yes yes <laughs> now i'm just like telling everyone i was like oh my gosh so i had yeah i gotta pilates try it still. you have to and when you do you have yeah. to let me i've know. never even done pilates so i love pilates and i was yeah. doing legree which is like the high intensity reformer pilates uh-huh. i love it but um i was doing that a lot when i was in montreal but then now that i'm home i just don't have one that's close and bar is the closest thing so i was like okay let me try bar because i use class fast i was like let yeah. me try bar and now i'm just in love <laughs> Oh, I have to try it. That's so you cool. Have yeah. You have to let me know. It's just like I a will. challenge. I didn't think I would love it so much, honestly, but I will say like with the right instructor, it's really cool. Uh-huh. I, really I feel like it. I would hate it for a week and then I would love it. So funny. Like with my leg is <laughs> shaking, I was like, because you don't lift a lot of weight. So I was like, oh my gosh, my whole body's shaking and I have like two pounds. Wow. Uh-huh. <laughs> that is crazy. So crazy. Okay. So as a happiness coach, what are some challenges people often face on their journey to greater happiness and how do you guide them through these challenges? Okay, so this is interesting because a lot of people actually know about this, but it's crazy when you really come across it in real life. But we have a comfort zone of like how good things can get. And so sometimes when we want something or we're breaking patterns, when we actually break it, we don't feel good. So we go back. So what I like to do with a lot of my clients is have them do micro versions of everything so that they're expanding. And then I also combine it with nervous system work, like I talked about earlier, so that they feel safe as they're getting uncomfortable and start kind of inching their comforts on that way. But that is probably a challenge that comes up a lot. That makes so much sense. I think about like when people talk about how they finally get into a healthy relationship and they're like, oh, it's so boring. Boring. (laughs) What is this? Like I need the chaotic, like craziness, Uh all the toxicity. And so it's like very, like you naturally want to go back to that toxic relationship that you were complaining about and knew you needed to get out of. But it's just because that was your comfort zone because that's all you know. So Mm -hmm. that when you get into something healthy, it's just like a shock to the system. Totally. And and one thing that I think is helpful too is normalizing that we do fall back sometimes. Because a lot of times, you know, oh, we make a change and we're like, I know better. I've overcome, let's say it's people pleasing, right? I've overcome this. And then we find ourselves repeating it is not beating ourselves up, but having compassion and realizing that just because you repeat something once doesn't mean it's 
undone all of the progress you've made. So just kind of having grace too for our humanness, right? Like we're gonna, we're gonna repeat some things, right? You might have to touch the stove a few times and be like, okay, it's really hot. I'm not gonna touch it again. Yeah, that's so true. And I guess when I just think of it, the biggest takeaway for me is just the Mm self-awareness. So it's like, yeah, you might go back, but then you're still actively being self-aware. So you're like, okay, I I reverted back, but it's okay. I'm gonna give myself grace. I'm just gonna Mm -hmm. move forward. But I think it's really the self-awareness is what's so key. Yes, 100%. And a big thing of what I do um, that I think is so important and it's been important with myself is not judging myself. You know how like a lot of times we don't want to actually say what we really want or what we really feel because we think it's petty or immature or, you know, we're ashamed or whatever it is. So just feeling safe within yourself and obviously like with your coach or, or whoever it is because we are human. And and it's like once you have that room to like, you know, accept or like just say something without judging yourself or being judged, so much growth can happen. And and that leads to awareness. Yes. And I think once we get to the place where we can feel safe with being honest and like just unfiltered with ourselves, uh-huh. it's going to help us with like accountability in our relationships. Oh, yeah. Because when we can admit to ourselves like, hey, like this is what it is. Maybe it's quote unquote ugly, but like mm-hmm. I'm going to go ahead and face that head on. Then I think when we do things in relationships, like whether it's friends or dating, like we're able to just really take accountability and be like, hey, this is not the best part of me. And then maybe I didn't show up the best way, but like I want to acknowledge that and I I hope that you give me grace and you know move on from there so yeah yeah and and it helps you the other way around to have more grace for other people too and understanding you're like oh okay I see what you're doing there all right I've done that too (laughs) yes that is so true very very true so how does the pursuit of happiness intersect with personal development and are there particular Mm -hmm. areas of personal growth that significantly impact one's happiness so one thing that's interesting about like personal development versus happiness work. Sometimes certain aspects of personal development will actually make you more unhappy short-term, but lead to happiness long-term. And that can be, that's a tricky spot. For instance, like let's say you're facing a fear or you're facing some trauma you went through and you're processing some like deep, dark, emotions that usually you set aside. When you're facing those things momentarily, you will feel more unhappy. But I think that's where finding those ways of bringing happiness into those moments, like what we're talking about, like with having like a list of the things that make you happy or a list of self-soothing. But I think that's where they would kind of, I don't want to say conflict because they're both leading to happiness, but I think that's maybe where they're different. They, they vary. And I think balancing and blending. That makes sense. Like just with what we were just talking about, because those things are so uncomfortable. So it makes uh-huh. sense that in the beginning, it's going to be yeah. like, oh my gosh. But then once we like get through it, we persevere through, then that's when it will be like, okay, like we, we see the mm-hmm. growth or we experience the growth. Yeah. Well, and that's what kind of keeps a lot of people from starting a journey like that, you know, is they are afraid of the feelings that come up when you're confronting deep issues or like looking at deep patterns, because it can be very uncomfortable. Like going back to people pleasing, like if, you know, you're always used to being a doormat, it can actually be terrifying the first time you like set a boundary or say no. Like it's, you know, because a lot of these things kind of come from childhood too. So like situations that feel life or death, you know, and of course they're not now. 
but they feel that way. So yeah. I even think about when I decided to go to therapy, like there was a fear there because it's like, oh, I know I've stuffed some things down and I just don't uh-huh. want to bring all those things to the surface and actually feel them. Like, why would I do this to myself? But yep. it's just really understanding the bigger picture. The uh-huh. reason I'm doing this is because I want to heal from that trauma so that I can break certain patterns and I can just have healthier relationships. And I've had so many friends that I've been like, oh my gosh, like I did. When I first started, I was just talking about it to everyone. I was like, oh my gosh, you have to try this thing as if it was so new. But I would have friends that would say like, oh, but I'm just so afraid. Like, I just don't want to like have to face that yet. And I totally get it. But yeah, so it just makes so much sense. Yeah. And I think too, it's important. A lot of times when we're on, you know, like a self-growth journey or, you know, we're going to therapy or we're doing like really deep kind of the scary work. I think it is important to take breaks. Sometimes, you know, we try to like get it all done. I want to be a hundred percent healed and you know, this perfect being, but I think, you know, it's like, okay, I did some work and now let's just live life for a little bit. And then I think it's important to, um, to give yourself some time just to be also the time to process. I know I would take mm-hmm. time in between sessions because it's like, you have your session, you bring up all these things and like, you might not feel everything in the moment, but as you're thinking about it over the next week or two or three, then you really start to feel things. I would have these moments. So we would always like take in the beginning, we would take like long pauses between to give myself time to process and feel. And then whenever I was That's really important. schedule another one and then like go from there. Mm-hmm. So I think we <laughs> talked about this a little bit earlier, but I just want to yeah. see if you have anything else that you would say, but how can we navigate the balance between pursuing happiness and accepting and embracing life's inevitable challenges and uncertainties? So I think having some kind of a spiritual practice is really important. And knowing that sometimes there is like a higher plan or, you know, life life's right. And what's really interesting is sometimes we have a plan and I think we should, obviously, like we should have a plan, but sometimes things can come about that are way better than you could have ever thought to create, right? And so the balance I think would be, you know, really a lot of what happiness is, is the way that you experience life as opposed to what actually happens. It's the way that you navigate, that you experience it. So with the thoughts that you think, with the attitudes that you have, and I think when life gives you lemons, you make lemonade, you know? But yeah, in times of big like upheaval or challenge, I think a lot of self- the healthy self-soothing really comes in and compassion for the self. I know I was talking to one of my close friends because I was talking to her at the end of the year and I was like, oh, so do you have any goals or, or intentions that you're setting for the new year? And, you know, she went through like a loss of like losing someone in her life. So she's kind oh. of like, now she's like, you know, I really don't plan things anymore. I kind of just mm-hmm. go with the flow. Like she's now, she's like much more of a go with the flow. And it's understandably like when things like that happen, yeah. it can really change your perspective. But then I was also thinking, I was like, well, you know, I mean, it is okay to plan things, but then also be able to go with the flow when things come up. So I guess like mm-hmm. talking about it is about finding that balance. Like of, a marriage you know, of them. Yeah. Yeah. But I can imagine when something like that happens, it's kind of scary to make plans because oh, like, yeah. that happened before they had planned to go to this concert. So I could just see wow. like, where that's coming from. So yeah. So it's kind of just like the perspective shift. Absolutely. Yeah. Things like that. It's interesting because, you know, going with the flow, I think one thing that is helpful in situations like that is kind of setting more intentions than plans, you know? Yeah. Um, but it's, it's interesting. Cause it's like, what is it? It's like a James Dean quote. It's like, 
dream as if you'll live forever, uh, live as though you'll die today or some, something like that. I butchered the quote, but it's like that, you know, it really like, cause you, you need like plans are healthy. Aspirations are healthy, but also like this moment is precious, you know, and we never know. And, and sometimes this moment shows up imperfect and, you know, but the moment is precious. So yeah. Yeah. I think that's so true and perfectly said. Even though you said you butchered the quote. I totally Oh, I butchered it. it. <laughs> Dream as if you live for it. Uh, yeah. Anyway. Okay. So in today's fast-paced and often stressful world, especially when it comes to careers, I feel like so many companies are trying to do more with less people. How oh, can yeah. we find joy in the midst of all of the pressure and responsibilities that we all have going on? That is a great question. And what I what I like to do, and, and it's it's hard because I kind of have to make myself do it, but when I do, it just makes it so much better. I schedule in my self-care or my fun or my like as if it is as important as what's on my to-do list, but actually like scheduling it in. And even like, if it's something like go get a pedicure or something like, but like I make the appointments and I schedule the the things that will light me up or that will, you know, make me relax. Um, I schedule that in and then delegate as much as you can. Cause I think sometimes too, we try to be like superwoman with our to-do list. So kind of realizing like prioritize, like what, do I have to get done today? And then if you can delegate or, or kind of demote certain things, but that would be my, my, uh, big ones. I love that. So I'm someone who I try to put everything in my schedule and just schedule like everything out to the T. Some people uh-huh. are like, girl, like, did you really need to add that in? I did. So I love that. you. <laughs> oh, so you do it already. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I do everything, but I think for me, like just being more proactive with scheduling in the self-care thing. So it's like I yes. schedule things, but I'm more so like, oh, I'll do this on the weekend. But like another thing I want to start doing, it's like not saving everything fun and cool for the weekend. Like give myself, yes. especially like when I know I have a busy week, like give myself a couple of things during the week that I can like do that's fun. And that's absolutely me, like, it's a meeting up with someone for dinner or like just doing uh-huh. something or going to a movie. But you mm-hmm. know, there's no point in just like always waiting to the weekend because that makes my week a lot less exciting. Yeah, even this is kind of silly, but even like deciding to have like a three like dance for three songs in the middle of the day, like something like that, like it's crazy what that will do to your energy and like and how you feel and, and like literally scheduling. So what would that be like 15 minutes and just like dancing around? I don't know. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> makes a difference. So yeah, it is. I yeah. My niece all the time when she comes over, we just have we Aww, so and cute. We dance and she's yeah. so funny. she'll be like, oh my gosh, can we do this tomorrow night? Because this was so fun. And I just feel like that's the one thing about kids. I feel like they bring out your inner child and that is just so much joy in itself. So much joy. Yeah. Kids, because kids are so present, which is mm-hmm. so beautiful. So when you're with them, you kind of find yourself being more present and, and in touch with your inner child. That's beautiful. I love that. And they're just so silly and so funny. Like she's always joking around and she everything's a game and it's just like, it's just so beautiful to see what that's like. And it kind of reminds you like, okay, like I need to lighten up a little bit. I need to chill out. Yeah. Bring a little levity. Uh (laughs) Uh-huh. You know, just do the little craft things that we used to do that are just like, they're so relaxing. They just bring you a little bit of joy. So, yep. So how do relationships and social connections contribute to our happiness? And what advice do you offer for fostering positive connections in both personal and professional settings? Great question. So relationships are very important. Very important. But what I have noticed that's actually helpful is that the healthier 
our relationship is with ourself, the healthier all of our other relationships are. So I really like, you know, because sometimes we'll focus so much on like what someone else, like let's say you have a friendship and they're not showing up for you the way that you want them to show up, right? And you can get all bent out of shape. It can cause problems in your relationship. What's interesting is when you give to yourself what you are hoping to receive from someone else, it kind of takes them off the hook and it allows you to show up differently in that relationship because there's not this desperation of like, I need you to be a certain way for me to feel good and be happy. And you start having more tolerance or more appreciation for the way that that person does show up. And so I think basically just realizing our relationships are so important, but the most important one is your relationship with yourself and kind of allowing all the other ones to be offshoots of that. Oh my gosh. I love that so much because I think that when you do have friends or you are the friend that's putting a lot of pressure on your friend to show up a certain way Uh and not really taking into account what what they might have Uh going on that maybe you just don't know about quite yet. Yeah, That is just a lot of pressure to put on someone. But I love how you put it, like really just whatever you are seeking from that friend, give that to yourself. And once Mm -hmm. you do that, I think one, you're going to feel fulfilled in the way that you're looking for. But two, it's like you also do give them that grace. And that is going to be so crucial for your friendship because if your friend is feeling exhausted because they can't show up for you in the way that you want them to, there's a good chance that you might not be friends much longer because they're just going to be like, I just can't get anything right. So I'm just going to mm-hmm. like remove myself. Yeah. And let's say, let's take it even a step further. Like maybe they're not, I think when you love yourself the way that you need to be loved, you also tend to call in other people who like can join you in that. So it also is a good way of like, I don't want to say weeding out friendships because that sounds mean and judgy. I don't mean like that, but like kind of, you know, you've heard the concept of like, like you're the CEO of your life and you've got like you promote and demote like, but it also Mm -hmm. just helps you to, to not limit yourself to their capacity to show up. If that makes sense. Yeah. Like calling in the people that you are aligned with and you guys kind of just, yeah. Yeah. It makes sense. Yeah. No, no, I love that. And I think that rings so true. Like I don't even think there's anything to add to that. (laughs) Oh, oh, actually, I was going to say something about, so I just remember, I feel like I heard this. It was probably around COVID times because I know I was Mm -hmm. on social media so much Mm -hmm. just like researching and listening to everything. But I did hear about someone was talking about how important human connection is. And that's kind of why we saw this shift in the way like the mental illness we saw or the way that people were feeling during COVID, it was exacerbated because so many people were isolated. Alone. So think, uh-huh. Yeah. So I think that's like one thing I learned. Human. I mean, I was really blessed to be in an area where my family's close by. So I wasn't, yeah. I was, when I was alone, it's because I was trying to be alone and just like relax. But like, you know, I did have that human connection. And I remember at old company I worked for right when COVID started, I was talking to my coworker and I was just like, oh, I hope we never have to go back in the office because I do not want to drive an hour and a half to work. But for her, because she had moved here for this job and her family wasn't here and everyone was so isolated, she felt so lonely. She was like, oh, well, like that was my human connection. And the time that I really talked and was around people was when I went to work. And it really made me think, yeah, like I never thought about that, how important that was to so many people. And just it really made me realize how important it is to have that human connection. Yes, human connection is super important. And I think that is a challenge that we do face the more virtual our worlds 
gets. And here's my advice, and this might be weird. Notice when you start to get a little weird. Like when you start noticing, okay, I'm I'm getting a little funky. I'm getting a little too much in my head. I'm getting, I don't know how to be around people. And then just kind of deciding to meet up with friends in person or like even join a, like a meetup group, you know, but it, it is important to socialize and, and get stimulated. So are <laughs> there specific habits or behaviors that people might unknowingly engage in which hinder their ability to experience happiness? If so, mm-hmm. how can we go about breaking free from these patterns? Yes. So comparison, which has only, I feel like gotten worse with, it's it's like social media has brought so many blessings, but it also really makes it easy to compare and despair and, you know, get weird with that. Um, So comparison is a habit that a lot of times, you know, just happens naturally. Like you, it's not like you're choosing, but you just use like, oh, look at their car. Oh, look at their vacation to Italy, you know? So comparing, scrolling too much. Because it kind of messes up the dopamine and it can, we're overloaded with so much information nowadays and it's kind of too much, you know, we know what's happening in every corner of the world and it's a lot for the nervous system. So like just too much technology or too much intake of information or too much, you know, it's good to be informed, but if you're, you know, too informed on, you know, a lot of really negative news or even watching like a lot of scary movies or negative mindset movies, that'll start to kind of sink in. Lack of boundaries is one. Let's see what else. Neglecting your sleep or your, you know, any of those basics that I mentioned earlier, that's a common one. And I didn't really know about how important regulating the nervous system was. Um, But a lot of us live in kind of perpetual fight or flight. And it can even feel good sort of like to be always be activated, but that can really wear on you over time and lead to burnout and, you know, not feeling happy. So I think bringing mindfulness to what you consume, because it's not just the food, you know, it's also what you're watching, what you're listening to, and anything that brings awareness to yourself as far as knowing what your boundaries are, knowing what you want, really just mindfulness. I think plugging more into your inner world and kind of cultivating that and then being a little more discerning and choosy with how you navigate the external. Yeah, I think that makes a lot of sense. And when you listed off those things, I was like, yes, Uh that makes so much sense. Like the comparison, the too much scrolling get in the way of our happiness or they could just really affect it. And especially Mm -hmm. comparison and especially social media. I've talked about this before. But I think, like I know for myself and like what I tell other people, I'm just like, you have to remember that we don't know the full story. We just know the exactly that they're posting. And it's like, you just never know what someone's truly going through. So to compare mm-hmm. yourself to a photo or a highlight reel is really just not fair to yourself. Like you just can't yeah. do that. And it's like, instead of kind of like what we talked about earlier, instead of focusing on the external, just find internal, like, you know, what it is that you feel like you're missing that you can fill yourself up with. And I just mm-hmm. think when you do that and you just really take social media for what it is, at least for me, it's just made such a difference. Yeah. Oh, boundaries with social media are huge mm-hmm. for me. Like even sometimes I'll delete my apps like once a day. Like Timer on I, mine. Oh, that's good. I, I tried the timer, but I was naughty at 
anytime I'd say like ignore limit, I'd be like ignore <laughs> the limit. Yeah, like, let's um, go all day. Let's go. But um, <laughs> yeah, I think learning to use things for you, mm-hmm. you know, yeah, and boundaries help with that. Yeah, and then you don't have to follow all the people you follow. So if you find that mm-hmm. something just really doesn't serve you or you're just not interested, like it's okay to unfollow. Like it's absolutely okay. nothing personal, but it's okay. Uh huh. Unfollow, mute you. Yes, mute yeah. all of the things. I I'm such a grandma on social media. It's so funny. My friends are always are teaching you? me about these features. I'm like, oh, I didn't know you could do that. I didn't know you could mute someone's story. Like someone had to show me that. I was like, that's a thing. Yeah, but it's just so funny. I'm like, wow. There's just so many ways that you can like protect yourself and protect your peace. So I do love that they do that. Yeah, uh-huh. so many options. So many ways of navigating it better. So could you give us two to three things that we could start doing today to start finding happiness in our everyday life? What would the two to three things be? Yeah. So definitely center yourself at least once a day, whether you make it a spiritual thing or whether it's just, you know, checking in with what's going on in your internal world, but kind of emptying your mind and centering yourself, bringing that awareness would be one. Earlier, I mentioned noticing what lights you up. Mm -hmm. So I would do at least one of the things daily. Like I, I would make a list and at least once a day, do one of the things that lights you up and and don't be ashamed of what they are because sometimes they're weird and silly but choosing one of those and then at the end of the day doing uh the gratitude list it can just be five things and then like I said I like adding on to it a five either prayer or goal list because our mind loves a target a goal and so I think that again creating things to look forward to like anticipation is yes. a big part of happiness too that makes so much sense I love those and I think one well I don't know if this would be for everyone, but I know for me personally, it's just like trying new things and just creating new experiences. Like things I've always wanted to try that I just didn't try is something that I want to implement this year. Just like going yeah. after those things and like just taking a class. Like I have always wanted That's to, cool. Yeah. Like I've always, well, I've done tennis before when I was younger, but it's like, oh, like I want to try to like get back into tennis or maybe it's not going to be an everyday thing, but doing that, it's like different dance classes. I want to try that. And like bar, I wanted to try it. So I tried it. So it's just, I don't know. There's something about trying new things. Like you never know. You might find out that there's something you really love, but you just never tried it yet. Yeah. That's amazing. It kind of reminds me, this is a little different, but one thing that I've found for me personally really makes me a lot happier is doing one thing a day that's brave. And it doesn't have to be a big thing, but like just one thing, like even if it's like, you know, I see someone and they don't see me yet and I don't really want to go say hi and I can go this way, but no, I'm going to go over and like, like even if it's something small like that, but the little moments of us choosing an expansion or like wearing something that we're like, is this, is this weird? Like taking a little fashion risk like any of the little like brave like pushing the envelope things I feel which reminds me of you like trying new things I think also helps yeah I think that's really good I love the one that you mentioned about going up and saying hi to someone it even reminds (laughs) me like I've heard like people challenge themselves to go up and like you know give someone a compliment like a random stranger oh yeah yeah and it's like oh that's so much for you but it's also you never know what it's gonna do to them there's this guy I don't know if you've seen him I forgot his name but he like gives people little notes with flowers on TikTok have you seen him oh no oh my gosh literally like it can make you emotional 
emotional. So he will like pretend to trip and then he'll have like flowers and then he'll pretend he needs to tie his shoe and like hand the person the flowers. And then after he ties his shoe, he'll give him a little note. And then like, I guess he has someone recording so you can see their reaction. And there's uh-huh. times where like they open it because it says it like he has little cute sayings. Like for some of the women, it'll be like, you're the most beautiful like woman I've seen today or something. And like I've seen one with men where it says, I know you'll heal from the things you never speak about. And I've just seen them break down crying. And so it's like, oh my God, that makes me want to cry. Oh girl, I watched it and like bawled and said it to my family. But you just never know like how your Mm. actions and your kind deed can impact someone. So it's like one, I might be doing so much for him, but it's like, Literally, you could be saving someone's life. Like you just never know. What Seriously. So it's just like even things like that, like that help you, but also help others. It's like a really cool thing. No, that's really, that's really cool. That's beautiful. It's like, there's so many times when we can be like little earth angels. Seriously. Mm-hmm. That's and really think, neat. Yeah. And I think sometimes we have this, I don't know if you've ever like been somewhere, you've just had an urge, like say something nice to someone like a stranger, but uh-huh. we have to really listen to that because we don't know why we were called to do that, but it could mm-hmm. really just be for the other person. So that's something I yep. I've had to lean into more. Because I can be like, oh my gosh, they don't care what I think or what I have to say, but you just never know. Right. Yeah. And it's it's all about expanding and opening up and being willing to like even, you know, back to social media, like like you might make a post. I know I've seen a post. Um, and and it's changed the trajectory of my life, right? And what if that person yeah. was like, Oh, I don't feel like posting this or I look weird, or what if people hate that? Like, so it's like the more that you are willing to put yourself out there, to go up to a stranger, to be open to life. You know, that's beautiful. I like that perspective. Yeah. Same, same. Okay. So I've loved having you on. So can you please tell us where we can go to follow you and what services you offer? So if we want to work with you. Yeah, Yeah, absolutely. This was so fun. Thank you. Um, So the best way to contact me is Instagram. I am Mara Mitchell and it's M-A-U-R-A and the Mitchell with two L's. I'm going to be doing a glow up, a six week mind, body, spirit glow up that kind of uses the best in all those areas that I've learned. And it's so much fun. It'll be my fourth time doing it. And it's one-on-one coaching. I, I just, I start all the clients at the same time, but it's one-on-one coaching. It's not a group. Um, I'm going to be offering that. And then I the slide into my DMs, slide into my DMs or start following me. I, I post links often about how to work with me. So oh, I love that. <laughs> I will make sure that I link your Instagram and your information in the show oh, cool. notes. But again, thank you for coming on. I just feel like I love having these kind of conversations because it just makes me feel happier and just like so ready to add in these positive little hacks into my life so that I can live my most fulfilled life. So thank you. Yes, this was so fun. Thank you so much. Thank you all for tuning in to this week's episode. If you really loved the episode and you felt like it resonated with you, be sure to share the love and share the episode with a friend. Also, if you could take a minute and head to the review section wherever you listen to your podcast and leave me a review, letting me know what you're loving about these episodes and which topics you want to hear next. That way, I can make sure that I continue creating episodes that you love. Also, make sure you hit the subscribe button so that you don't miss an episode. Until next week, bye, Grown Girl Gang.